0: Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I'm your host of Killer Instinct. And if you are returning, thank you for coming back. Today, you guys, we have a wild case. And I know I say that every week, but we have covered a lot of gruesome and grotesque cases here. We have talked about Albert Fish. We've talked about Catherine Knight, Charles Manson, Ed Gein. But you guys, honestly, this one might take the cake or being one of the most twisted cases I personally have ever heard of. I do want to say if you're listening to this in front of or around children, turn it off and come back to it. I just need to put that big disclaimer out there before we get into it. Today we are talking about Armin Mewis, a German man currently imprisoned for being a cannibal. You may know him by his nicknames of the master butcher or the Rottenberg cannibal, but if not, buckle up for this one today and let's get right on into it. Armin Maiwis was born on December 1st, 1961 in Essen, which is located in West Germany. Now, growing up, Armin was the only child out of his parents' relationship. However, he did have two older half-brothers that were his father's that he had from his previous marriage. Now, all in all, Armin was said to be a relatively normal boy growing up, and he actually described his early childhood as very idyllic and very fun. He grew up Building tree houses, he played cops and robbers with his half brothers and classmates, he loved animals and found living the country lifestyle to be very idyllic. However, everything changed in Armin's life when he was eight years old and his father just left his family. Armin remembers this day clear as day because he remembers that he was playing in the neighbor's yard when his father pulled out of the driveway and drove off for good. Armin remembers running after the car, screaming for his dad to turn around. However, his dad didn't even look in the rearview mirror and just drove off forever. Now, when that happened, it left Armin's two older half brothers to be separated from Armin because they went to move back with their mother. And so it really just left Armin and his mother. Armin said that his father leaving definitely made him feel like he had to step up and be the quote unquote man of the house. Armin's father had actually also drained his mother Mother's bank account, so it definitely left them in a lot of financial strain. However, they did have two houses. Armin and his mother had two houses, one of which was a Tudor-style mansion. This Tudor-style mansion had 36 rooms in it in total. And something that Armin and his mother did to bond was they decorated each of the 36 rooms together. They gave each one a theme and made each one of them have a special meaning. And it was said that Armin's mother was very controlling of him. However, his mother being controlling was not something that Armin necessarily had a problem with and not something that at this point in his life he wanted to change. However, a lot of people from the outside definitely noticed that Armin's mother was extremely controlling of what he did, where his life was going, and all in all was just very, very hard on him. Now, after Armin's father left the family, it definitely made Armin feel very lonely and unwanted at times. He spent a lot of time by himself. He would read or go outside by himself, play games by himself. He really had to find his own entertainment, and one of the books that he would read all the time that he was incredibly infatuated with was the storybook Hansel and Gretel. Now, if you don't know the Hansel and Gretel book, this is a German fairy tale that was published in 1812 about a brother and a sister who are abandoned in a forest when they run across a witch who essentially tries to fatten up Hansel in order to cook and eat him so armin was obsessed with that book in particular and something else that he did in order to cope with his father leaving was armin created an imaginary little brother growing up armin said he always wanted a sibling he always wanted a little brother and so just like a lot of other kids who create imaginary friends armin created an imaginary little brother and this imaginary little brother was named frankie Armin said that Frankie would always listen to him in ways that his mother would not. And along with that, Frankie was the first quote-unquote person who Armin shared his cannibalistic thoughts with. And along with that, Frankie really did go past a little brother figure, so to speak, for Armin, because Frankie was the first, again, quote-unquote, person that Armin felt a sexual desire towards. Now, you might be wondering how that's possible, and quite honestly, I'm not entirely sure. However, Armin said that over time, he would give Frankie different elements and components that Armin would be attracted to and that Armin would desire. Armin said that he was all from the very beginning more attracted to boys than girls and this was the first inclination of that now at the age of 12 armin began fantasizing about eating his classmates and his friends armin's motive for doing this was because he said he wanted to always have these people be a part of him and be with him at all times and he felt the only way that that was possible was if he ate them. A direct quote from Armin is when he said, quote, I can never build a close contact to people who meant something to me. Rather than saying, I love you, I would have to say, I'd like to cut off a slice of you, end quote. Now, Armin would really only disclose these feelings to his imaginary little brother, Frankie, and he never acted on them yet. Now, after Armin graduated high school, he ended up enlisting in the army, which is where he absolutely excelled. He was promoted several times, and for the first time, Armin really felt like he found a place where he could be accepted. However, after serving for 12 years, he left the army and decided to move back home with his mother, where he got a job as a computer repair technician. Now, just like they always do, from an outsider's perspective, Armin seemed like such a normal guy. He had a core group of friends and they would go on trips together. They would go on sailing trips. They would go on camping trips. And he was also said to be a fantastic neighbor. He had this one neighbor in particular who had four children and he would babysit all four of her children and she trusted him completely. And even after all of this, she said that she still trusts him and would allow him to watch her kids again. Now, everything really changed in Armin's life when he was 38 years old in the year 1999 when his mother passed away from a heart attack in the middle of the night. Now, prior to his mother's passing, ever since he got back from the army, Armin really was his mother's main caregiver. He was caring for her around the clock, 24-7, whatever she needed, whenever she needed it, and this was actually very draining for Armin. As much as he loved his mother and loved spending time with her, he really felt like he, again, was back being controlled by her as he was when he was a child. So after her passing, even though he was, of course, upset by it, he did say that he felt a sense of relief, finally being able to have the freedom that he never had growing up and even when he came back from the army. Now in her will, Armin's mother left Armin the entire 36-bedroom Tudor mansion. And so this was really the first time that Armin was going to be living on his own in his 38 years of life. And so it opened up a whole new world for Armin. Now one of the first things that Armin did after his mother's passing in reference to the house was he actually created a shrine of his mother in the home. He made this shrine out of a plastic mannequin and hung it up in the house and then every night he would remove the mannequin from the wall and place it on a pillow to put it to sleep. Now something else that Armin got involved in after his mother's passing was his internet use. He never really was big on the internet or exploring the internet for that matter. And after his mother's death, he got very interested in pornography. However, it was a very specific category. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? armin was very enthralled in any type of pornography that included any sort of torture or pain he loved watching people being tortured and being in pain that was his thing and after watching so many of these videos it actually led armin to a different sector of the internet which was online chat rooms so the torture and pain pornography led him to these different torture and pain chat rooms which eventually led him to cannibal chat rooms. Now these chat rooms really became a secret second life for Armin, no one would have ever suspected that this is what he was doing in his free time. He would be the computer technician by day and then by night he would be in the cannibalistic chat rooms and no one had any idea. Now, after being involved in these chat rooms for some time, Armin came across a website and this website was called The Cannibal Cafe. The Cannibal Cafe was a website blog for people who had a cannibalism fetish. And this is when Armin put out an ad on this website saying that he was looking for a quote, normally built young boy between the ages of 18 to 25 years old to be slaughtered and then consumed end quote. Now, this ad was posted on November 19th, 2001, and Armin actually signed this ad not with his real name, Armin, but with his imaginary half-brother's name, Frankie. Now, you might be sitting there thinking that there is no way in hell that there is anyone who would ever volunteer themselves to be slaughtered and eaten. There's no way anyone would sacrifice themselves to be murdered. However, you would be very surprised because Armin actually got multiple volunteers who said that they would be willing to sacrifice themselves for Armin. However, what Armin noticed was happening after these people would volunteer themselves is once they would get closer to actually carrying out this act after they would talk a little bit with Armin each one of these candidates that volunteered themselves would end up backing out whether that was out of fear or just having the sense knocked back into them they decided that this was not something that they wanted to do so they would stop messaging Armin back which ultimately led Armin to think that maybe this was never going to happen but everything changed for Armin when he then got a message from a man named Burned Brandis Bernd was a 43 year old engineer from Berlin who was known in his town for his mutilation ideas in the gay prostitution scene of Berlin. Now, prior to all of this though, Bernd did not have the easiest childhood. When he was five years old, his mother committed suicide and Bernd never had a great relationship with his father. After his mother's death, Bernd's father refused to talk about his mother at all. And whenever Bernd would try to bring up their mother, his father would get extremely upset with him and along with that after burned came out as gay to his father his father did not accept this and basically disowned him now if you look at this from a comparison standpoint and comparing Armand to burned both of them both of these men never really received the emotional support that they needed from either of their primary caregivers growing up Armand always felt like he was controlled by his mother and that she never loved him for who he truly was and burned had a deteriorating relationship with his father so it's interesting to compare the two and their upbringings. Now you might be sitting there thinking that there is no way possible that this man Burned would actually volunteer himself to be slaughtered and eaten. However, this was not something new that Burned was interested in. There was actually an instance where Burned had met up with a friend of his named Jimmy and the two of them were hooking up basically and Jimmy said that he remembered that Burned really wanted Jimmy to inflict pain on him, more specifically in the chest and genital region. He said he wanted Jimmy to cut off his genitals. Burned even went as far as to offer Jimmy $10,000 and all of his computer equipment for him to do that. However, Jimmy could not go through with it. Now, what's interesting here is that even though Bernd responded to Armin's article and his ad on this website, Bernd also had his own ad up on this website. And his ad was basically calling himself, your dinner and he offered to sacrifice himself in order for someone to eat him alive. So essentially, it was a match made in heaven. Armin was looking for someone to eat, Bernd was looking for someone to eat him. Now Bernd and Armin both chatted back and forth on the Cannibal Cafe website for quite some time before they decided to meet up for the first time in person on March 9th. Bernd had taken the train from Berlin and Armin had picked him up from the train station. And Armin said that when he picked burned up from the train station, at around 11.15 a.m., Armin said that he was filled with feelings of anxiousness and nervousness, as well as a lot of excitement. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. All right, you guys, welcome back. Now, according to Armin, he said that both himself and Burned were both very sexually aroused by the idea of cannibalism. And Armin said that once Burned met Armin, he wanted to get down to business, so to speak, immediately. He wanted to be eaten alive immediately. However, Armin was a little bit more hesitant. He really wanted to get to know Burned and create a special bond with him before going through with this. However, that didn't really happen. A direct quote from Armin is when he said, quote, I, on the other hand, wanted to get to know him for a week. I didn't want to give him the death bite immediately." Now, after the two of them both spent some time talking, they both decided that they also wanted to videotape this entire act from front to back. Burned said that he wanted to witness the entire amputation. And according to Armin, he said the reason that Burned agreed to videotaping this entire act was so he then could watch everything happen from start to finish after it was done, meaning Bernd wanted to watch the amputation process again after it was completed. Now to me, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering the fact that Burned was planning on being eaten alive. So I don't know when along that process, he was planning on watching all of this back. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm genuinely saying that because I don't understand where that mindset came from. Now Burned and Armin also agreed that Burned wanted to be a part of the amputation process, meaning that he wanted to be awake for this process. And not only did he want to be awake for it, he also wanted to be a part of the consumption process, meaning that burned wanted to also eat his own flesh. Now again, like I said, even though Armin stated that he wanted to wait a week before fully going through with this process to give him time to grow a connection to Bernd, that did not happen. As soon as the two of them got back from the train station, Bernd walked into Armin's living room and completely undressed and told Armin that he wanted him to admire his dinner. The two of them then went upstairs to what Armin calls the quote-unquote slaughter room, And this slaughter room is where everything unfolded. However, prior to any cannibalism or amputations, the two of them did sit on the bed together and they ended up having sex. And Armin said that Bernd was very critical of Armin's performance, saying that he told Armin that he wasn't strong enough to inflict the type of pain that Bernd wanted done. Bernd wanted to be in so much pain, as much pain as humanly possible. And he told Armin that he didn't believe That he was cut out for the job. Now, right after the two of them slept together, is when they decided to begin the process. However, after talking for a little bit, they decided it would probably be best if Burned was under some sort of drug or anesthetic to not fully allow him to feel. Everything. So the two of them decided to go to the drugstore together and pick up a bottle of sleeping pills and a bottle of cough syrup. The two of them then arrived back to the house at around 6 30 p.m. on March 9th, and this is when Burned then consumed the entire bottle of sleeping pills as well as the entire bottle of cough syrup. And surprisingly enough, this did not knock him out. It actually just kept him in a very drugged up like state, similar to when you go to the dentist, is how it was described. It was very very just he was very loopy now burned then laid down on a table in the slaughter room and this is where everything was going to happen and this was all videotaped again so this is all on video somewhere however the video has never been released to the public because it is so gruesome and grotesque while burned was laying on this table he then instructed armin to cut off his genitals and at first armin took a knife that apparently was not strong enough so he then had to go down into the kitchen and grab a sharper knife. And when he came back up into the slaughter room, he then took the knife and completely sliced off Byrne's genitals. And this is when Armin said that Byrne let out a horrific scream for about 20 to 40 seconds before ultimately the screaming stopped. Armin said that the blood was pouring out of Burned from the opened wound, quote unquote, similar to a fountain. Armin said that after the cut was made, Burned said that he started seeing black and that he had to sit down. However, after a couple minutes, Burned said that he didn't feel the pain anymore and that he was astonished because he actually wanted to feel more pain. Now, Burned and Armin ultimately decided to take the part of Burned and cook it. And consume it. They went downstairs into the kitchen and boiled it in water and seasoned it with pepper, salt, and garlic powder. However, after they both attempted to eat it, they couldn't go through with it because they didn't like the consistency and it was just simply unedible. And Bernd was apparently very, very disappointed in the fact that he was not able to consume himself. Now, a couple hours later, at about nine o'clock p.m., is when Bernd said that he was starting to get a little cold. So this is when Armin ran him a bath upstairs and placed his body into the bathtub, essentially for him to bleed out in. Armin came back every 45 minutes to check in on Burned, and during the times that he wasn't checking in on Burned, he was just simply reading a Star Trek book. After about two hours in the bath, burned got out of the bath with Armin's help and immediately fainted onto the ground. Armin then dragged Bernd's body back up into the slaughter room and laid him on the bed for him to continue the bleeding out process. And that is when Armin went downstairs. So Armin could hear burned on the upstairs level because the slaughter room was right above where Armin was. And Armin said that he heard on two separate occasions burned attempt to get up and walk around however after the first time he immediately collapsed on the floor and a little bit after that he attempted to get up again however he collapsed shortly after that and then burned stopped moving completely now after hearing the second collapse Armin went upstairs to check in on burned and that is when he found him dead on the floor Armin said that he prayed over burn's body before ultimately taking a knife and slitting his throat with it after that Armin then separated burn's head from his body and hung his body from the ceiling on a meat hook. He then removed his organs before cutting his whole body in half and pouring hot water over it to clean and sanitize it. He then cut up the flesh into pieces and placed them in bags in the freezer that he had in the garage. And for the following 10 months after Burns' murder, Armin would eat Burns' flesh completely. And Armin made it a whole production each time he consumed burned because it wasn't every night. This wasn't an every night meal for him. This was what Armin called a special occasion meal. And he turned it into a whole production. He set the entire table. He had a nice glass of wine. He put placemats out. He lit candles for himself. And Armin describes the taste of Burned's flesh as a taste that he had been waiting for for the past 40 years. Now to backtrack to when Byrne initially met Armin, Byrne actually had a boyfriend, and it is unclear where Byrne told this boyfriend that he was going. However, two days after Byrne left to go see Armin, Byrne's boyfriend did not hear from him, so he got worried and ended up contacting the police to file a missing person's report. However, no one knew where Byrne was, and there was no record of him anywhere, so there was really no movement in this investigation. And unfortunately, burned before he left had wiped his computer clean, so there was no record of him ever talking to Armin. Now, following the consumption of burned, it did not take long for Armin to decide that he wanted another victim. Armin found himself back on the cannibal chat rooms, and this is when he ended up talking to a younger male student about the possibility of this young student sacrificing himself for Armin to eat. Now, in this chat room, the young man had asked Armin if he had ever done this before, if he had ever consumed another human before. And this is when Armin told the student that he did have experience and that this would not be his first time committing something like this. Now, because of this conversation alone, this student actually ended up going to the authorities and reporting Armin. And five months later, the authorities got a search warrant to search through Armin's home. And when they got to Armin's home, they noticed a freezer in the garage. Now, Armin had not completely consumed, burned yet. There still were pieces of flesh that he was planning on eating that were in this freezer. So when the authorities got to this freezer, the policewoman looked at Armin and asked him what the meat in the freezer was. And this is when Armin told her that it was just regular meat that you would pick up at the grocery store. And this is when the policewoman looked at Armin and told him that she was a housewife and that she knew good and well that that was not animal meat. Authorities packed the meat and sent it off to the forensic lab to get testing done on it, and throughout the rest of the house, authorities also removed an axe, three cutting knives, as well as a butcher's apron. It was later that day that Armin actually ended up calling his lawyer and asked his lawyer if he would represent him, even if he had killed someone. And Armin's lawyer was very thrown off and asked him what he was talking about. And Armin told him that he had killed a man and he needed representation. Now, after the forensic results on the meet came back, Armin was arrested. But here's where things get a little Tricky. Now, even though this was a grotesque and a disgusting crime, a lot of people argue that since Burned was aware of what was going on and wanted this to happen, this was a consensual crime. That is the argument, that Burned was fully aware of what was happening and wanted this to be done, and Armin also wanted this to be done as well. So it was a consensual act between two adults, and that's something I'm really interested to hear your guys' take on, is that because this was consensual, should it be charged as a crime? Now, because of this argument, Armin was only charged with manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. However, after an appeal by the prosecution and a retrial, Armin was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison, and the smoking gun to this case was the video that Armin had recorded because it had shown that Burned was still alive when Armin slit his throat. And that's the non-consensual part. The slitting of his throat was the non-consensual part. And something interesting to note about Armin is that once he got to prison, he actually became a vegetarian. Now, something that I found absolutely wild about this case is that as of last year, and I'm pretty sure this happened prior to last year, however, I could not find an exact date, Armin has basically been the model prisoner. Everyone has said that he's been a stellar prisoner. He minds his business, he helps other prisoners with their laundry and learning and things like that. He always has been a stellar, stellar prisoner. So because of that, he has gotten the luxury of being able to be taken out of the prison and walk through the towns of Germany. Now he is given a disguise. He's given a baseball cap and sunglasses and he's allowed to walk through the towns with the protection of two officers. Like I said, he's apparently the model prisoner, so he's been given this leisure. Personally, I I cannot believe that and I can't believe that that's a thing. However, let me know what you think. This is the Armin Mywis case and to me it is absolutely mind-blowing and I cannot wait to hear your opinions on it. You can either email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at killerinstinctpodcast podcast. Again, I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about this one. And with that being said, you guys, that's going to be all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every single Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. I'll be back with another one next week. And until then, stay safe, guys.